Good morning. I'm Angela Davis, and you're listening to NPR News. Glad you could be with us. It's the second week of August. Where did the summer go? It is going by fast. It's the time of year where many neighborhoods come alive with people enjoying the outdoors. Listen to this. And a couple of months ago, producer Danelle Cloutier asked people in Northeast Minneapolis what they love about the outdoors. Well, my name is Erica Sakta. And what are you doing here on the tennis courts? We're playing tennis at the best park, Northeast Park. Okay. And how often do you do this? Uh, we try to come every day, or now that the weather's nice. Yeah. And yeah, I heard you guys laughing a I, lot. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh, we're all like high school best friends, so it's a good time every time we have time to get together. Yeah, I'm Coach Love with NBA uh, football. It stands for Mentoring Beyond Athletics. My name is Tavares, uh, owner of Minnesota Venom, uh, coach of NBA, offensive line, defensive line. I see that you're coaching some young kids. Yeah, this is tackle football. This is our fifth and sixth grade. Um, we're a traveling team um, as well as a, a rec team as well. We do rec in the fall from September to October. Um, all preseason, which is now until I say about um, about August, we'll be in um, all spring football. And uh, so obviously this brings you outside today, but what do you like about spending time outdoors? Um, I love the outdoors, um, nature, um, being on the grass instead of the turf. It's natural. Um, love the sunshine. You know, the kids feel good when they're out here, so it's pretty good. Rather be outside than inside. As far as coaching outside and being around the kids outside, I just love to see the kids uh, interacting, um, bringing back a lot of memories. Um, just the fresh air, being active. Um, it's about it, the sunlight. And when you say bringing back memories, is it because you played football as well? Yes, yes, yes. I played uh, football, uh, Sandlot football, uh, high school, college. Uh, yeah. My name is Gary Ralph Ewell. I spend as much po- as possible time outdoors. Uh, I just love being outdoors. I would say, on a given, in terms of daylight, I try to be outdoors sixty percent of the time. Especially when the weather's nicer. Um, It's freeing. Uh, I love understanding nature and being part of uh, the whole scheme of things in terms of life. And you can find that outdoors. You can't find it on a television screen or computer monitors, matter of fact. Maybe you've experienced some outdoor fun this summer, and if you haven't, it's not too late. Today, we are revisiting a conversation I had in May about the health benefits of being outside. We heard from several listeners who share how they spend time outdoors and the benefits they feel when going outside. My guests were Asha Schaffner, the Environmental and Outdoor Education Coordinator for St. Paul Parks and Recreation. She's also the founder of Fit In Where You Get In Outdoors, also known as Fusion. The group is for people who are underrepresented in outdoor spaces. She's also the founder of BIPOC Outdoors Twin Cities, which is a Facebook group of about 2,000 people who host outdoor experiences and workshops for BIPOC people across Minnesota. Also, my guest that day, Linnea Atlas Inga Bretson. 
Linnea is the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer at Girl Scouts River Valleys. She's on Minnesota's Department of Natural Resources Advisory Committee and Minnesota's Parks and Trails Legacy Advisory Committee. She spends her free time teaching cross-country skiing, snowboarding, and leading hikes year-round with the Lopet Foundation. Melanin in Motion, and Girl Scouts. I started by asking them what they heard in the audio of people outside in Northeast Minneapolis loving being in nature. I just heard excitement, excitement in people's voices to be outside. I think especially as the, the weather is changing and people recognizing that and, and making the effort to get outside, you know, both, you know, hearing, hearing about people being like more physically active and also more a little more restful. It's mm-hmm. just it's exciting to hear. And then I also I just loved hearing the giggles of the children, right? Just hearing community and just, you know, life. It sounds alive. Mm-hmm. Community sounds alive when mm-hmm. it's nice. Uh uh Linnea, what did you hear? What stands out to you? The thing that I always think about with outdoors is that it's not oftentimes people by themselves in certain communities. Mm-hmm. Um there are times when being outside by yourself is a really powerful and healing thing, but in that I heard people laughing, coming together. I think the first story talked about friends from high school coming back together and giggling while playing tennis. Um, And another talking about mentoring younger people and Mm -hmm. the connection through life that an activity outside can have and feeling the sun and the Mm -hmm. wind and, and, and being out there in the fresh air. But I always think about being more connected to others. And that's really what I heard in that segment. And one of the gentlemen spoke about memories. Yeah. Right? As maybe memories of a, a happier time. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? The smells of being outside, the sounds, mm-hmm. those bring back memories more powerfully than many other forms of experiencing things. Even a picture, smells and sounds bring things back that you don't even know. Right. Right. That you cared about. I'm glad yeah. you mentioned uh, smells because, you know, the smell of manure <laughs> takes me right back. I'm back in Southern Virginia, right? Ooh, it, yeah. it brings me right back. Uh, so let's talk more about those uh, amazing sounds in nature. And just personally, what are some of your outdoor sounds, Asha? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this happened recently um, when we had that 80 degree weather a few weeks ago. That little, that little tease. That yeah. little tease. <laughs> and, and I made it a point to just get outside for as much of, as much of it as I could. And so I spent an afternoon at the creek. Um, just working and doing, you know, just just being being there, right? And mm-hmm. I went home, parked in my garage, and from my garage to my back door, I heard all these birds just going, going, going. And I just like I paused and I took out my phone and I made a, like a, just a short video of it as a reminder of like you don't have to go far to be in nature. Mm-hmm. Like I had just spent all day at the creek, but coming home and just like being almost like bombarded with bird sounds, right? It was right. just, it was amazing. Yeah, because the birds, they sound like, sometimes it sounds like they're having family arguments. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's clearly a party going on. Yeah. But it's. <laughs> yeah, they were having a party. And Hello. it just was, yeah, it just of like, we don't have to go far. Right. And I heard the birds as I was walking out the house this morning to come to work. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is what we're talking about. And, and what about you, Linnea? Some of your favorite sounds. Well, it's been a magical week if you've been outside at, by near any body of water in the metro area because there are loons everywhere. And we don't. And they've been, because of the mm. Fast change in the weather. There's a number of them that were held over at some of our bodies of water. And so hearing loon cries in um, St. Louis Park, I saw them on Lake Harriet at Westwood Nature Center, um, was really powerful. But spring black-capped chickadees songs, 
So birds have different songs they sing for different reasons. They absolutely are talking to each other, but they're also songs of spring. And those are things that when I lived in Colorado for a while, I told my dad I missed that spring call of the black-capped chickadee. So he found me this little fuzzy black-capped chickadee that when you squeezed it, it made that spring song. Okay. I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm so curious. Oh, like, Lord. What does it sound? Just, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what does it sound like that's different than maybe some other it's bird just a, It's just a little, like, you know, those things you don't, you remember from childhood that probably I associated with mm-hmm. the changing of the seasons and summer coming mm-hmm. that for me just meant home. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so... I can do it, but I'm not going okay. to. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up later. Okay, we'll do a recording. All right, Let's we're getting work on that. Lots of phone calls right now, so I want to bring our listeners in the conversation. If you're just joining us, we're talking about being outdoors and the health benefits of being outside in nature. Let's take this phone call from Minneapolis, where Amy is on the phone already. Good morning, Amy. What do you want to tell us? Hi, I just think this is a great program. So I am actually heading out bird watching right now, and when I'm not heading out on my own, I run a inclusive bird watching group for women so that people can get out, women can get out and kind of feel safe birding with other women and kind of meet a community. And then I also work with youth and do a youth and family guided bird watching for free for people. So again, just getting kids out in nature. Um, yeah. So I and think it's really Amy, uh, tell me your location. Where are you going bird watching today? Right now, I'm going out to an area called the Bass Ponds, which is in the Minnesota River Valley, right kind of behind the Mall of America. Mm -hmm. And what do you like about uh, listening to the birds? Well, one, it gets me out in nature. Two, it just tunes you into your environment really well, Um, especially working with kids. Suddenly, they're seeing everything for the first time, and so that's Mm -hmm. really exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, I love it. Sometimes it's cool. Really cold, but sometimes it's hot, but there's always something out there to see. Well, I love that you're doing it and that you're teaching other people and leading groups to do it as well. Thank you, Amy. Let's take another phone call in Bloomington. Susan is on the line. Hi, Susan. Good morning. What do you want to tell us about being outdoors? Well, I was going to say as a child of Bloomington and growing up when Bloomington was mostly dirt roads, um, well, I ran the Mud Pancake uh, restaurant in my neighborhood, and we learned to be connected to the earth, and I think that that is what is lacking in our society today is, especially with children, you don't see them outside playing anymore. Nobody's connected to the earth anymore, and so what I do for myself is highly rewarding is I have a, a vegetable garden that's rather large, mm-hmm. and that allows me to play in the dirt, and it very therapeutic, and I think the society needs more connections, including putting your children outside to play with no shoes on. <laughs> well, I, I was telling our guests when they walked in the studio, Susan, that I grew up on a farm in southern Virginia and spent a lot of time playing in the dirt and the mud. So uh, does that that gardening and, and having your hands in, in the, the soil, does that feel good to you? Does that remind you of your childhood? Well, it's not that. I like the I like the vegetables I produce. Because <laughs> I can cook in pretty much without the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's just, you know, part of, mostly it's being connected to the earth. And I, be, I believe the indigenous people in the, uh, you know, that they're very connected to the earth too, or at least mm-hmm. were too. And, and we, you know, they have respect for it. Something just, we seem to be totally lacking. All right. Anymore. Thank you. And the kids, 
That's yep. Susan calling in from Bloomington. So um, Linnea and Asha, uh, you both have careers related to the outdoors. So why is this so important for you to um, to educate others and, and help other people experience nature and being out- outside? Asha? Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I think the outdoors has just been um, super impactful for my you know overall health, my mental, mental health, my physical health. Um, and so being able to create spaces and programs where other folks can get outside, um, it's just an honor, right? It's a privilege to be able to do that and to see, um, see those connections being made. You know, people are connecting to themselves, to one another, to the earth, to the water, to the land. Um, it's just, it's really fun. And, you know, they say about like how if you have a job that you like, you never work a day in your life or something like that. It, it's kind of like that. It's it's a lot of fun, and it's it's just really rewarding. You mentioned uh, mental health, the mental health impact, and just a personal question: Has there been a time in your life where seeking outdoor activities, taking walks, being outside, maybe with others or alone, where it really helped you? Yeah, so um, I had done a, like a, a six week wellness challenge, and I would do it four times a year. And every time I would do it, I would try to quit drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. And it never lasted very long, My that part of the challenge. Um, and then September 26, 2020, the challenge started again. And that was right when, like, we were really doing a lot of, like, BIPOC outdoor, like, specific events. And um, recovery, that was after the murder of George Floyd. Yep. And the pandemic was also in its, you know, height. In its height, yep. Mm-hmm. And so, so I had quit drinking for the challenge. And then... I stayed quitting drinking. Um, I had one slip up, but so far now it's been about two and a half years where I haven't drank. And I, I would say um, that's in large part to to the community of BIPOC folks in the outdoors that like I just felt really held by. And then your Facebook group that you started, um, BIPOC Outdoors Twin Cities, uh, that started about three years ago. And 2,000 people now who yeah. like regularly get together in, in small groups? Yep. So what, why do you think it's been so popular? Well, I mean, it's funny because when I started that group, I was like, all right, it's going to be like me, Linnea, <laughs> Anthony. Like I didn't expect there would be so many of us, right, in the Twin Cities who identify as Black, Indigenous, and people of color um, who want to do outside, outside stuff, right? And so, yeah, I think... Um, you know, it's like once somebody goes on an experience with us, whether it's, you know, fishing with me or hiking with Linnea or any number of other activities and, and you know, you can feel it, right? You can feel it in your body and you're having fun and it's hard not to come back. Right? And doing it in a group. I'm trying to imagine what that is like. It's, the you know, that. it's really cool. Um, it's, I don't even know how to describe it really. I feel like I've, like some of my like best friends have come from, you know, hanging out in the outdoors and just like adventuring, right? It's like you build a whole like community and lifestyle around it. Mm-hmm. And Linnea, what about for you? I mean, you've chosen a career that that is specifically related to the outdoors. Why was that important to you? And what do you enjoy about that? Well, I think for me, I've loved doing things that make a difference in community. And all of my life, I've been working towards advancing access for communities of color and education in the arts and in the outdoors. Um, And at Girl Scouts, there's been a longstanding tradition of reaching its mission of building youth of courage, confidence, and character through outdoor activities as a 
core part of how that's done. And there's tons of research that shows this, that not just for young people, but also all people, our connection of doing things for the first time, trying something new, overcoming something, a hard challenge, for example, could mm-hmm. be learning to fish. It could be going for a particularly long hike or mm-hmm. um, or even just learning about the plants and the animals around us help us in, translate to other types of activities in our life. In addition to all the wonderful science that's coming out about how plants and animals and our connection to them help us physically and mentally in real tangible ways. So I have this in my notes that there is a a lot of research now about uh, being near trees and water. So what can you tell us about that? Well, you know, I'll just say anecdotally, for me growing up in Minnesota, we often would spend time on the North Shore. Mm -hmm. Many times through the year we would go up. And as I got to be a little older, I noticed, you know, before I'd go for a trip, sometimes I'd start feeling a little sick, and not about the trip, but I was just stressed and the feelings of anxiety and things happening in life. But the minute I crested that hill and saw Gichigumi, saw Lake Superior, mm-hmm. those feelings that manifested in my body disappeared. And after a while, I realized it happened every time. And then I started seeing research come out about things like seeing water or even seeing trees and the power that that has Mm -hmm. and really started to think, well, man, as a woman of color living from North Minneapolis, which was one of the best places I feel like I could have ever been raised right on the border and in Theater Worth Park, um, there's a lot of things that I face in life that aren't easy a lot of barriers, a lot of challenges, that toxic stress that is taking years off the life of black women or indigenous women, women of color. And so what are the things that I can do that can counteract that? So being in nature for me was critical for that. And that research is coming out more and more. And I'm seeing that Absolutely, due to the pandemic and due to the racial reckoning after the murder of George Floyd, people spilling into our spaces Mm -hmm. and wanting to do more and more all year round. Mm -hmm. And that helps everyone. And it was wonderful to hear one of the callers talking about building safe space for women in the outdoors. Yeah, because a lot of us, you know, like if you want to go on a trail, well, would you want to do that alone? Right. The other part of it is it's a cultural difference, right? Like the many of the people who built our outdoor systems were men and white men. And for them, maybe being alone in the outdoors was comfortable. Um, And so our systems reflect that. The way that we do programming in lots of our outdoor systems reflect that experience. But for a lot of the growing population of Minnesota and for women, doing things in community is a part of our culture and a part of Mm -hmm. our value. And it's something we enjoy. So we're providing an opportunity for people to get out there in a way that fits their cultural paradigm. Mm -hmm. And, um, And it's definitely something people are into. And one more thing to note on the research too, listening to the sounds of water, you know, the trickling and you think about a lot of spas, they try to bring that indoors, that that's been shown to have a healing effect. If you have to have an MRI, right, they have a picture of a waterfall in the ceiling. You you ever wondered why why that was? It's calming. Mm. It's calming. Uh, Right now, let's take a call from New Brighton, uh, where Andrea, or is it Andrea, or Andrea is on the line. (laughs) Good morning. Morning. It is Andrea. Andrea. Thanks for asking. Okay. <laughs> what do you want to tell us? 
Well, I just want to say that I loved hearing everybody's other suggestions so far. I can resonate with all of those. Um, but being a, a mom of younger kids, I'm a stay-at-home mom. So I think last year I found this group called 1,000 Hours Outdoors. And the goal is to spend 1,000 hours outdoors with you and your kids, which seems really overwhelming. I think it's about like 2.75 hours per day. And obviously... In our extreme winters, that's not really possible. But um, there's a book and there's a Facebook group for this like nonprofit, and it's just a really good thing for me to do with my kids to get outside. You know, it helps regulate us all. We feel better. There's such fun ideas and just seeing nature and everything like that from my kids' perspective has just been really rewarding. And of course, I feel better too. Um, this was the first winter in 39 years, well, I should say more like 20 years, that I've actually enjoyed winter. This was a really fun Aww. winter for me because to have outside all, with the kids. All yeah. the snow, there was opportunity to create activities. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was great, you know, playing at the park when we're the only people there, but we're all mm-hmm. bundled up and we're outside for maybe an hour. And, and that, that's another that. sound that comes to mind, the, the the crunching of the snow or the when it's really just quiet and you can hear the snow when it hits the ground. Is that something that yeah. that stands out to you? Well, thank you for, yeah. for calling in. Uh, so, so she's talking about replacing screen time with green time. Sounds yeah. good to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so powerful. And so many people on my hikes talk about that need to disconnect and that having a group that you know you can get with and do this thing helps you get there. Uh, I want to make sure we mention something that's also one of the barriers to doing this. It's all good if you have access to it. Mm-hmm. Transportation. So, Asha, what do you know about transportation and how that can be a barrier, why more people don't take advantage of opportunities outside? Yeah, Um it is, it is a challenge. I feel like, you know, there's always, you know, there's there's the bus. The bus stop will get you close to a park or, you know, but not always like right there. in there, right? right. Um, and so, so, yeah, so some of our parks are going to be harder to access. Um, the state parks. Yep. As Trans- well as, yeah. Right. Yeah, just generally. Yeah. 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 And in some of our communities, you can have a park that's near you. But I also want to encourage people that nature is outside your door. Mm-hmm. And um, like you were talking about, when you're working on your computer in the backyard, you hear and see things. And that's one of the things I talk to people is start to look and see and recognize nature right on your street, right on your block, right in your yard. And there are opportunities. You know, it's harder if you're in a rural community Absolutely, where there's a lack of public transportation, or there may be even a lack of having a natural space that's accessible in some of the rural areas. And the state's been working at creating more access and more regional parks Mm -hmm. statewide for that purpose. Um, In the metro area, there's lots of different opportunities um, nearby. But when we get into the exurban areas, transportation to get to parks can be tough if you don't have that on your own. But you can access parts um, via light rail, lots of different parks via the light rail and bus systems. And it's also, I think, a good idea, if you can do it, maybe invite someone to go with you if you're going to do something uh, as a family 
or as an individual. Oh, that, yeah. that can can open this this up to folks who haven't tried. Things. There's so many outdoor clubs yeah. out there. Wow. I started tracking them back and in more 2008. And more, right? In just the last more, few years. But there's so many. There's activity specific. There's even species specific groups. Like there's a Hmong bass fisher group, you know, like yeah. for example. Yeah. Um, and so there's lots of opportunities. So get on Facebook, sometimes on Meetup, you can find different groups to get out there mm-hmm. with. Uh, let's take more phone calls uh, from our listeners as we talk about the benefits of getting outdoors. Uh, what are we doing and how are we doing it? And and do you, you want someone to go with you to explore outside? Uh, in St. Paul, we have Alora on the line. Good morning, Alora. What do you want to tell us? Hi, good morning. Thanks for taking my call and mm-hmm. having this conversation. Um, so I consider myself a nature enthusiast. I've volunteered as an outdoor guide before, spent a little time in the backcountry. I love hiking and camping. Um, but I didn't really start prioritizing these types of activities until later in life, and regrettably, I would say. So what I'm wondering is, um, especially for those of us who have little ones in our lives, if your guests can just talk a bit about the benefits and the outcomes, like how outside time can be so helpful for kids, especially, particularly from a social and emotional standpoint. And maybe if you've got any, offer some tips for prying those kids away from their devices and getting them into mm-hmm. these outdoor spaces and activities that we know are so good for them. All right. Uh, Alora wants some advice, help particularly with with the little people, the young folks. Uh, lots We're competing with lots of things that they like to do yeah. um, for enjoyment. Um, but I, I want to ask, uh, well, Linnea, what are your thoughts yeah. on this? Working with Girl Scouts, what are you seeing helps or well, connects with these, these, young, these people young folks? Young people love being outside. Mm-hmm. They All really do. Really? Yeah, yeah. You know, if you know, and I think it, it does matter having a caring adult that connects them with the outdoors, like mm-hmm. all things, right? So I think it's really important how we role model for our young people what we do with our lives and to never stop doing something you know is good for you, right? And so I think it starts there. There are great groups like Girl Scouts who help young people keep in, and their families, right? Because we have mm-hmm. volunteers who are the troop leaders and those are often parents and um, people in community that help connect to the outdoors um, through our camps and programs. There are also other types of opportunities in local regional city parks Mm -hmm. um, where you can get connected. But I think the biggest thing is that my experience, I run a snowboard program where we teach girls primarily from North Minneapolis to snowboard age 9 through 13 at Theater Worth Park. They're not asking about their phone. Oh, because they've Ever. got the instruction, they've got the gear, what are we doing? They like, want to do fun things. And honestly, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things about social media that doesn't feel fun or good. Mm-hmm. Especially, we know now the harms for young women identifying children of social media. So there's a lot of, I've never had them say, I don't want to do this once they get out there. Getting over that hump mm -hmm. can be a thing. And when they see people who look like them Mm -hmm. doing it, that's even more powerful. So a parent or a caregiver um, who's like, okay, I've suggested it. Maybe the advice is to seek out a structured program and just kind of just make them do it. Yeah. In the beginning, just like, <laughs> Angela, like parent think, up, I'm like, you go on. I think I'll last pick you up week five, on a show, you right? were talking started, about parenting and you're right. like, you were like this, I gave the look and they didn't know what you were talking about. I knew what you were talking about. Right. There's sometimes as parents and loving adults, 
where we need to say, this is what we do because it's good for us and it's not a choice and you can't just Mm -hmm. give up. Keep searching the right thing in the right fit. It may be a group activity for a young person. It could be learning to go fly fish with one person, Mm -hmm. right? But the thing is, young people need others and they want that connection and social media is like a fast fix but it's very hollow and dangerous at times and so making sure they have other options that give them that fix for connection is important and it can be good for the adults in the situation Mm -hmm. too so asha if i'm getting pushback from my child i don't want to go do that I don't know how to do that. I know. <laughs> what would you suggest? Like if you're you're trying to really introduce something that you know will be beneficial to your child, but to get them started. Yeah. I mean, to Linnea's point of like having an adult that like looks like you, right? Or or friends that are, you know, that, that your kid knows. We're going right? with you. Or you're, yep. you know, like we're all group, going. We're all going. Right. right. Um, so that's mm-hmm. one. I'm okay with folks bringing their phones and stuff out there because it's like if that's what's going to get you out there. Fine, we'll bring, start with bring it, right? Mm-hmm. A- and maybe we'll use, you know, the like Seek app or iNaturalist app so you can identify some of the plants and stuff that you're seeing outside. Um, to Laura's question too about, you know, just getting kids out. Um, one of my favorite days last summer was getting my family out to Minnehaha Creek. And like I have three nephews, eight, six, and four Mm. um (laughs) so it was the three of them and me and my mom and aunt and my sister and we spent all day at the creek and it was it was so fun we ordered pizza like we you know we made a whole day of it and these kids they were wonderful right we brought you know i brought a couple fishing poles we fished we caught fish and it was they were so engaged they weren't fighting with each other the little nephews they weren't fighting they were just they were having a blast and my mom and aunt just and sister they just kind of sat there just taking it in. And it was it was it was one of my best days last summer. It was it, wonderful. It doesn't have to be like this treacherous experience in the <laughs> yeah. outside, we're gonna, right? We're a whole like bunch of equipment. Hey, we're if you're drive glamping, no? do that thing, right? right. <laughs> Go and glamp if that's your thing. And absolutely, people are bringing their phones and they love taking selfies. They love taking pictures of all kinds of in my group, they'll laugh if they listen to this. Mushrooms is my thing. And so we mm-hmm. don't touch, we don't take things out of nature, but we collect all the photos we want mm-hmm. of them. And people love that. People are really interested into foraging. And we really talk about honoring the earth and the animals. The animals need to eat that food too. So we talk mm-hmm. about honor, uh, being able to identify plants and animals that might have different beneficial um, benefits for people. But we also make sure that we're aware that they have a place in nature and deer need to eat, rabbits need to eat, all of those things mm-hmm. too. People love that and young people do as well. Julie's on the phone. Julie, what do you want to tell us about getting outdoors? I'm an older person now and I had two kids that went through the Minneapolis public school system. And I will say that I think there's a disconnection with nature that kids see on a daily basis. By the time we graduated from sixth grade, we were at 10 minutes recess. And -hmm. if the kids couldn't get their snowsuits on and their snow boots and what have you, that was cut down Mm -hmm. to like six or eight minutes. Mm -hmm. I went to the principal and I said, you know, kids need to connect, vitamin D. It's not just running off steam. It's imagination, curiosity, play. We don't have time. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you Mm -hmm. know, their relationship with nature becomes different. And then, you know, how do you establish that reconnection and 
finding a stick and making a teepee, finding an, you know, Robin's egg and talking about that in class. When it's just equipment, get out there, march around, and then come back in, you know, what kind of message does that send for future caretakers um, of, of nature and how does it lessen, you know, their enjoyment and their connections and ability to, to release and mm-hmm. relate with nature Thank um, you, Julie. I'm really um, surprised. Julie, noting a, a change, yeah, that we've seen in a lot of schools, uh, recess, uh, time outdoors, because uh, schools are, are trying to tackle so many things. Um, and and what, have, what would you say about that, the impact of having not as much time built in during the school day? Well, the research is solid. Kids need to get outside and they need to have that unstructured time. It helps mm-hmm. with their academics. And there are also barriers to it as well. You know, there was a time when I worked for Minneapolis Public Schools for a period of time, and we were actually talking about recess time and being outside. There are great schools who understand the opportunity of leveraging nature spaces that are adjacent to their schools to do things. The Loppet Foundation, for example, works with schools in North Minneapolis to get out and ski regularly through the winter and do other types of outdoor activities. There are um, great schools in Prior Lakes, for example, has a nature education space where they do science and, and education. And a lot of our nature centers work with school groups to do that. But we can do nature right at every single school. So schools having rain gardens, looking at invertebrates that they might find in a pool of water in their playground. There's lots of different opportunities to connect. And it really is powerful for education. The barriers are kind of similar for some of the barriers that people experience in Minnesota when we start talking about weather and access to the clothing you need to be comfortable in the outdoors is a barrier for kids. It's also a barrier for adults. And Asha and I, she knows this is a big thing I talk about. Outdoor gear companies size clothes differently for women when it comes to outdoor gear than they do for like normal clothing for women regularly. In what way? Well, it's sized a lot smaller. So like a size 16 in outdoor clothes and regular clothes for women will be more like a size 10 or a size 12. So it's deeply frustrating when the average size of a woman, they can't find like a good raincoat or good outdoor pants, things like that. Or if you do, you have to search really far and wide to find Mm -hmm. them, or they're really expensive. Mm -hmm. And so there's some things that we can do to make that easier. Um, There were times when we were talking about, hey, can we talk to Target about carrying not just those little stretchy um, gloves, but actual mittens for kids, making sure that they're available at all locations in our our Mm -hmm. school district so that they have the kinds of clothes that they need to be safe outside. To be dry and warm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Uh, lots more phone calls to get to and lots more questions I have for our two guests as we talk about getting outdoors, the benefits of it, and how do we do it. In Minneapolis, let's hear from one of our listeners. This is Laura on the phone. Hi, Laura. Good morning, Angela. Hi, what do you want to tell us? Well, my name's Laura Milan, and I work for the Children and Nature Network. We are a national nonprofit uh, working to increase equitable access to nature uh, for children, to outdoor experiences, to outdoor learning. And first, I just want to thank both Asha and Linnea for their incredible work. It's critical work. It's really important. Um, your caller, Julie, mentioned this disconnect from nature. Uh, our founder wrote a book back in 2006 called Last Child in the Woods, 
in which he coined the phrase nature deficit disorder. And while it's not a medical diagnosis, officially it is real and it's having a profound impact on our children. So all of these different ways in which leaders in our community like Asha, like Linnea, like so many others are working to connect children, families, communities to the natural world is just so important right now. And I just want to quickly share a fun opportunity that we have. It's free. It's easy. It's at our website, which is childrenandnature.org, all spelled out, childrenandnature.org. We have the vitamin N challenge, N for nature. And it's just wonderful that the challenge is your own. You can make it as simple or complex or short or long as you like. It's a wonderful way to get those kids kind of over that, ugh, I don't want to go outside and do this. We have <laughs> coloring sheets mm-hmm. and tracking sheets, and people can share their adventures on Instagram. And it just creates this wonderful community where people share ideas and experiences. And it's, like I said, it's free, mm-hmm. it's easy, it's fun. Thank and you, Laura. Thank I, you for your time and yeah. thanks to your guests. Well, she's an example. This is what we were just saying, that that so many opportunities, uh, new ones have popped up in the last couple of years, which is great. And so if we're looking, if someone's searching, like, where do you look? Uh, like, because there seems to be an, definitely an online community that is forming, like, locations to meet. And, and any suggestions for people who are looking for new opportunities? Yeah. I mean, you really can Google anything you're interested in, put in Minnesota into that search, and you'll come up with all kinds of Facebook groups mm-hmm. and there are groups on Meetup. Um, I'm a part of a Minnesota snowboarders group that I just found by doing that because I was like, I want to go snowboarding with some other adults. I'm always right. with kids. And you can be specific. <laughs> you can put in like yeah. BIPOC. You could put in woman, yeah, right, with absolutely. the activity and that, that helps you identify. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's take another phone call. In Minneapolis, we have Allison on the line. Uh, good morning, Allison. Good morning. Hi. Thank you so much for this program. Sure. We're getting encouraged. And do you you have a question or a story to share? Um, I think both. My, um, my role is as the director and founder of the Minneapolis Nature Preschool, and I'm right next to Theodore Worth, and I mm. follow the work of Linnea and Asha. Um, and the goal from our founding was to create a space where all children felt welcome outdoors. Uh, and one struggle I've had, and, and we're very intentional about creating space for children of color, and we lack having staff applicants um, to commit, and we are almost 100% outdoors, to sharing their early childhood knowledge and representing uh, communities of color. And that being said, at the same time, we have supported um, Amigos del Bosque Nature Preschool, which is Spanish immersion, um, run by a Latina leader. And we have a beautifully diverse board. But I would say that connection of adult representation is still a challenge um, for my lens. Um, joining groups, like seeing Children in Nature Network, it's amazing. Going to Minnesota Early Childhood Outdoors, seeing the room, we have work to do. And I'm wondering what our, our guests have to share on that note. Okay, uh, Asha, anything you'd say to Allison? She says she follows your work. Yeah, Asha. <laughs> hey, Allison. Um, so what comes to mind for me is some of the stuff that um, that we're doing here in St. Paul. Um, a lot of the programs that I run, most of them that I run, are specifically for black, indigenous, and people of color who are adults. Um, and what's nice about that is, one, like, we don't have to worry about keeping the kids alive or out of the water or in the water or whatever, right? We can really <laughs> just focus on, like, skill building, um, and, you know, and just general like connectedness. Right. But mm-hmm. so by by really focusing on adults um, and prioritizing adults and, and learning 
learning and building new skills in the outdoors, right? Like we're creating outdoor leaders, future outdoor leaders, right? Um, one of the things we're doing right now too is in partnership with Wilderness Inquiry, um, we're doing a BIPOC outdoor leaders training cohort so that people from our community can come in and get trained and then lead BIPOC affinity camping trips this summer. Um, and so for, for, you know, for me, what, what feels really important and I think what what's a, a significant change in in how programming outdoor programming used to be is like we're really we're we're not just exposing people to the outdoors but like we're learning together and building skills so that folks can go back out and do this again and again mm-hmm. each one teach one yeah kind yeah. of right yep I read I I led a hike last winter where we had about twelve people come all African American women and just by happenstance we started talking about what we did for work the vast majority of them were in outdoor fields, outdoor education. In fact, one's at the University of Minnesota, Sheila Williams, um, doing young um, preschool mm-hmm. education with, with an outdoor lens. Um, and so I think one of the things I would say is that as organizations and groups are looking to be inclusive, one of the biggest things is if you're constantly asking people to join you, you might need to flip that and join them mm-hmm. and invest in relationships and networking and finding out what they're trying to do, what they're trying to accomplish. A lot of times it's the cultural difference, right, that we um, think it's networking is I trade you this for that, where in many communities of color, it's how can we join together and accomplish something together? And it's not a trade or transactional Mm. thing. And so I would just encourage you to build your network and, and join others' groups and others' work and through that, then you'll start to build reciprocal opportunities. But I want to also counter the narrative that people of color aren't out there doing these things because they are. Mm. Um, mm. Often we're just unseen and unrecognized. So thanks for having us right. on the show to talk <laughs> right. about this right. today. Uh, well, we also uh, have uh, another uh, uh a clip we want to play that sort of takes us to another part of the state and, and lets us experience being outdoors. I want to take a, a moment here to play a clip from Sarah Holger. Uh, she is the lead interpretive uh, naturalist for the Division of Parks and Trails with the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources. And last night, she led a forest walk at the Quarry Hill Nature Center in Rochester for NAMI, Southeast Minnesota, and that is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. So let's take a moment to listen to Sarah talking about the benefits of being outside. The patterns that we see around us here, um, like I'm seeing these trees and they're, they're branching out into smaller and smaller branches, that's called a fractal pattern. And fractal patterns are echoed throughout nature. Um, we see that in, in the, the veins of all the plants around us and all the leaves. Um, it's in the crystal structures, in rocks and minerals, and even within our own bodies, our respiratory system, our circulatory system, um, that's a fractal pattern. And they say that one of the earliest visual memories we have as human beings is what's called the tree of life. When we are in the womb, we are able to see um, at a certain stage in development. And the way the um, arteries and veins branch out in the placenta, it's shaped like a a tree. It's a a fractal pattern and um, it's called the tree of life. Uh, How cool is that, right? So that pattern is very stimulating to us. And they say even a picture of a tree can have very calming and soothing effects. Um, So you don't even need to get outside just having a picture of these fractal patterns. But of course, when we take it outside, it it amplifies um, the health benefits. 
the sounds in nature, the smells in nature. Um, the trees are giving off what's called phytoncides. So besides the oxygen, this fresh oxygen we get uh, when we walk through the forest, we also breathe in these phytoncides. Um, so phytoncides are chemicals that the trees emit to create kind of um, an invisible force field around them um, to protect them from invading fungi. The trees do not want fungi growing on them. When we see mushrooms on a tree, um, that's telling us that tree is in the early decay stages. Um, and so the phytoncides are protecting the tree from these invaders. Well, when we walk through the forest, we breathe in these phytoncides and our body has a very similar reaction to what is going on around the tree to protect it from invaders. Um, we breathe in this fresh air, This, especially I think about walking through a pine forest where there's that Christmas tree smell and we breathe in that smell or we breathe in those phytoncides and these white blood cells called NK cells, natural killer cells, start reproducing um, fast. And they are targeting germs and viruses and tumors in our body. How incredible is that? When I first heard that, I got goosebumps. I was like, wow, this is amazing. But if you think about it, it makes sense. We evolved over thousands of years as part of nature, right? And so the way the sun interacts with our bodies, the way the air and the chemicals the plants give off interacts with our bodies, the way the ionized energy of the earth radiates through our bodies when we are sitting on the ground or putting our hands to the earth or walking barefoot on the ground, the sights, the smells, the sounds, all of these things in nature become part of us as human beings, as earthlings. Um, and so, you know, it's only the last 50 to 75 years or so that we've severed ourselves from this strong um, connection to nature. And we're really starting to see these really um, serious health consequences because of that. And that is Sarah Holger with the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources leading the whole state, all of our listeners as well, on a nature walk. We've been listening back to a conversation about the health benefits of getting outside and being in nature. My guests were Asha Schaffner, the Environmental and Outdoor Education Coordinator for St. Paul Parks and Recreation, and Linnea Atlas Ingebretson, the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer at Girl Scouts River Valleys, as well as a committee member of Minnesota's Parks and Trails Legacy Advisory Committee. This conversation was produced by Danelle Cloutier and made possible in part by the Minnesota Legacy Amendments Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. For more reporting and our North Star Journey series, go to nprnews.org and look for the North Star Journey link. Thanks for joining us. We will talk again tomorrow morning at 9. Thanks for listening to a recording of my live radio show on NPR News. A reminder that if you want to catch my show in real time, tune in and call in weekdays at 9 a.m. 